All right, y'all, we are on week, I don't know, week five or six tonight. We talking about who? We talking about Jesus. We talking about what? We talking about everything. So tonight, we are going to be talking about Jesus on what didn't happen. Jesus on what didn't happen. Anybody ever have an experience in life where you thought something was going to happen or you wanted something to happen? And guess what? Then it did it. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. So open up your Bibles to Colossians 1. We are going to be going in the book of Colossians, which is kind of interesting because guess what? Did Jesus write the book of Colossians? Ah, trick question. No, he didn't. Well, it's not really a trick question, but he didn't. So Colossians chapter 1, but I promise you we're going to get to what Jesus says in it. I can't find it in my Bible. I don't remember where it is. God, if someone finds it first, let me know. That means nothing to me at this point. Found it. So Colossians 1, we're going to be in Colossians 1. We're going to start in verse 15. We're going to be in Colossians 1, verse 15. But before we get there, let's just take a moment to pray. Let's take a moment to connect our hearts with the text. Let's connect our hearts with um, the passage tonight so that we are able to to hear what God has to say with us, that we may be able to be um, improved and corrected, but then also walk away leaving encouraged and, and having a little bit more of an answer as to the things that didn't happen in our life. So let's pray. God, we just thank you for your spirit. God, we thank you for these moments together. God, we thank you um, for these experiences that we get to have with one another on Wednesday nights. God, we don't take it for granted. Lord, we, we sit and we just are thankful to be in this room and to be in this moment, God, because we know all around the world, God, and even in our country right now, there's not many of these opportunities. And God, we just come to you and we are thankful. We are thankful to hear your word. God, we are thankful to be respondent of your word, God, and to be able to know your word in a, in a deep and intimate sense. So God, tonight, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, Lord that you would liberate us, God, that you would renew us, that you would revive us, that you would truly, God, revive the brokenness that is within inside of us, Lord. God, we know that tonight, Lord, as we've sung about you reviving us, Lord, we know that reviving has to come from the places of, of death and despair and brokenness, Lord, and we know that you are reviving us. And Lord, tonight, we, we declare that we are alive. And tonight, we, we first and foremost even declare, God, that we trust you. We trust you in every season and every circumstances of our life, Lord. So I got these, these next few minutes that we get to spend with one another, these next couple minutes that we get to encounter your word, Lord. We just come and we ask that you would be in our midst, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're talking tonight about the things that didn't happen in life. Things that didn't happen. Um, I remember growing up, there was a lot of things that, you know, didn't happen in life. I remember um, there was a lot of trips I wanted to take. There was a lot of places I wanted to go. And those things didn't always happen. I remember particularly there was this instance where we had planned a, a day out to go to an amusement park. We were going to go um, out to an amusement park. I remember being so excited. And this is where I really gained my trust issues with life and with society and, 
and all of these circumstances. And I remember being super excited. We were gonna go to this, and it was like this rinky-dink, like backwoods. It wasn't well, back, backwoods, this is, this is backwoods. I didn't live, I wasn't gonna go to no backwoods. <laughs> Joke's on me now, but it, but I remember it was this random, like sketchy amusement park that had the weirdest rides. Like it probably wasn't safe, but it was cheap. And that's what we did as a family, we did it cheap. And I remember, we were driving there, super excited about the experience, super excited to go. And all of a sudden, as we are driving there, a tire pops. Oh, I just had a trauma because me and Rose just went through the whole experience. Wow, yeah, maybe I could have used that story, but that's another, we'll save that one. Because um, that, was, that was a whole trauma in itself. Me and Rose got st- stranded in the mountains of North Carolina um, about two weekends ago, and things didn't happen like we never got to the mountains um but anyway now yeah that would have been a better illustration but i remember as a kid in our van the tire popped and so we were already hours away from home and i don't even know if cell phones exist i don't know if my parent had a cell phone like i don't know if my mom had a cell phone we i don't know the circumstance i was that young i was that young to not even know if what we were going to do And so eventually, this was an all-day process, an all-day process for, um, I think it was my dad to get to to us, and he was coming to to kind of rescue us. But I remember by the time the, um, and ultimately, I also remember like in this car, we could have gotten the spare tire down, but we didn't know how to like, all it was, we had to lift up the pad and like spin the thing and it would have came down. But like, I mean, who didn't know that? So that's like always stuck with me in my life. To, to get a car that does that. But I remember by the time like the spare tire got put on, it was too late. It was too late to go. It was too late for us to go to the amusement park. And I just remember like that started my trust issues in life. Like I um, now, like even now, like if you, if we have plans, um, like if we have plans, I'm going to ask a thousand times, like, are, are we sure we're going? Like, is this re- like, are we really doing this? Um, And this developed my trust issues because it really pushed into something of the things that didn't happen in life. The things that you're expecting, the things you're excited for, the things that you want the most sometimes ends up not happening. And that's what we're going to talk about in life is is so many. um, I've been inundated with these thoughts so much of. Um, man, like that person that I thought I was going to marry in college or, or that person that I was going to, uh, that I thought I was going to marry later or that person I thought I was going to be with or, or that job that I thought I was going to get or that, that um, location I thought I was going to move to and all of those things that never come to pass, it makes you really question, man, why did those things not happen? So often we get so focused on the good things that didn't happen, but I also want to challenge you. And think about what are the bad things that didn't happen in life? What are some of the bad things that um, did not happen in life that probably could have happened or probably should have happened? And so tonight, that's where our text begins is in, in Colossians 1 verse 15 to 17. It says, the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all of creation. For in him, all things were created things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and ultimately for him. 
He is before all things, and in him all things, what? Hold together. All things hold together. And so in that discussion of going, man, these are the good things that... I shouldn't have closed my Bible. Oh, man. <laughs> that was a mistake. Dang. I ain't never going to find it again. Uh, okay. I found it. Praise God. I don't have enough for it. Okay. We're going to move things around. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're not panicking. But one of the things that is really pressing and really urgent within life is I think a lot of us become really offended with God. Like, what is the source of our offense with God? It is often related into the things that don't happen. It is the, the things that, that don't happen. But I do want to challenge you, both good things and bad things ultimately work in our favor. Because what Jesus says, what, does, what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 45, is he says, it rains on the just and the unjust. How many people have heard that? I, you, God, we hear it all the time. It rains on the just and the unjust. And so what does that mean? It means that, that, the, that there is refreshing and there's nourishment for both the person of righteousness, but there's also refreshing and nourishment for the unrighteous in life, that there is sun for warmth for the righteous person and there's sun for warmth of the, un, of, of the unrighteous person. And so we often come and, and become so fixated on things that, that we consider bad and good. But I want to make you think a little bit deeper of what is the most significant thing that is happening in your life right now? What are the, the major milestones that you are, are accomplishing and fulfilling in life at this very moment? I think none of us in this room would say that breathing is one of the most significant things that we're doing in this very moment. But if you stop breathing, you're going to figure out how significant that actually is. How about in this very moment, many of us have eaten food at some point in today or expecting to. Well, how about that our body is creating and moving it into making it energy for us to be sustainable? You don't eat food long enough, and guess what? You're going to figure out how much lack of energy that you actually do have. Because Colossians 1.17 tells us, it says he holds everything together. Jesus is holding all things together. And so what these things should remind us of, of when we are breathing, when, when we have food in our stomach and we're eating, and, and even when we're not thinking about it, the, the, the absent-minded experiences within our life, our, our heart beating, should be a very clear sign that God's providence is active in our life. That it should be a very clear sign that God's providence is working in our life. So what about the good things that didn't happen in our life? What about those good things that, that never came to pass? And what this does is it makes us go into the topic of unanswered prayers. Anyone ever pray and then nothing happened? Did anyone ever pray and the, it seemingly like everything else happened? These are our moments that we begin to really psychoanalyze and very much begin to question God. But how about we take a moment and really shift our perspective into changing that our unanswered prayer should actually be a place of gratitude for our life. 
the unanswered prayers that happen in our life should actually be a place of gratitude. If you, if you will, turn to Luke 18, verse 1. Luke 18, verse 1. Just a quick little, little shift over there. Luke 18, verse 1. And it says, Then Jesus told his disciples as a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. What Jesus is saying is always pray and not give up. Some other translations say pray about everything. For us to pray about everything. What is Jesus telling us in this moment? Jesus is saying pray over the small decisions. Pray about where you're going. Pray about who you're going to be talking to today. Pray about what you're going to put in your body today. Pray about where you're going to go, who you're going to interact with. Pray about these small little minute details about our life. But he's also saying pray about the big things. Pray about politicians. Pray about world systems. Pray about the, the government. Pray about, pray about healing. Pray about financial provision and blessings. He is saying that we are here, all of us, we are meant to, to pray about everything. And what does he do in the next verse? What does he say? And he says, do not lose heart. Jesus says, pray about everything and then don't lose heart. Pray about everything and don't lose heart when it doesn't turn out the way you projected it to happen. Pray about everything and then don't lose heart when it doesn't turn out the way you projected it and you expected it to happen. Ephesians 3.20 basically quotes that, that it's basically um, in his process, in Ephesians 3.20, he's basically saying that God, ignore everything that I've prayed if it means that, that you have a better plan. Ephesians 3.20 says that, that God knows abundantly above all that we can ask our, our thinking. And so what Paul is, is creating an implication is saying that God, if ignore everything I'm about to pray. Ignore everything that I'm praying if it means that you have a better plan. Answer the things that I can't even imagine. Those prayers that, that I think are the best for me, God, ignore them if it's actually better for your plan. And do you want to know what the reality is? God's plan is always better than our plan. God's prayer for my life is so much better than my own prayer for my own life. So he is bigger and he is better and he may be defining what is good a little bit differently than what I do. And he may be, he may be saying and um, creating a understanding and a standard that his bigger, his better, his plan, his will is a lot different than what I may project it to be. But he says, pray about everything and don't lose heart. Why don't we lose heart? We don't lose heart when we pray because... We have to build a confidence and trust that God's plan is better than our own. So what happens when we live in this place of what didn't happen? What happens when we begin to live in that place of what, what did not happen in our life? And anyone ever, ever get stuck there? The things that didn't happen in life? You begin to be so fixated on it. 
the things that didn't go through, those relationships that didn't work out, those, those friends or, or that position or, or for some of us, that job or that location, that house, that, that whatever. What about those things that didn't happen? What do we do when we begin to live in that space of what didn't happen? I think inevitably we have to, re- to remind ourselves about Romans 8.28. It says that he is working all things. I talked about it on a Sunday morning about a month and a half ago. He is weaving all things. He is weaving all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He is weaving all things together. And so if it isn't for our good, there comes a point we have to release the image and picture of what we expected. If it didn't happen and we find ourselves living in the space of being obsessed and so focused on what didn't happen, we have to find ourselves in Romans 8.28 of recognizing that it did not happen and it's for my good. Therefore, I have to release what I expected it and, and the images and the, the scenarios and the picture of what I expected it to look like. Because what happens is when I hold on to it, like, like for me, there's, there's been relationships that, man, I, I thought I wanted to be in that. I thought it was going to be the best thing that would have ever happened in my life. I thought, it was, I thought it was right. But then when it didn't work out, when heartbreak did come, it's so easy to be so fixated on that person and that individual and being so stuck in what that could have been and, and what it would have looked like. But then there comes a point where we have to recognize in God's providence, because what does Colossians 1, 15 to 17 says? God, God is in control of everything. Everything has been created. Everything is by his own, is by his own permission. It's either God allowed or, or God ordained. Everything is held together by God and and he works and he has providence within my life. So if things did not work out, well, then obviously it wasn't for my good. And so you have to release. You have to release that image. You have to release that picture. You have to release that person or, or whatever those circumstances are in trusting that God is there. Because the reality is, is what didn't happen actually shows his faithfulness and his concern for me. The things that I so desperately wanted that did not happen, those became something that actually showed that God's faithfulness was towards me. And it showed his divine care for my life. Because the reality is God knew better and God knows better. God knew better for my life and God still knows better for my life. And so we have to embrace the what didn't happen. In our lives, we have to embrace what did not happen. And I think one of the the biggest pictures of someone embracing the what didn't happen is obviously Jesus, because in Luke 22, verse 44, we see that he is wrestling in the Garden of Gethsemane, which the Garden of Gethsemane is actually the place of olive pressing. And we'll we'll probably talk about that in the the future, because the olive pressing is a place of, of, of pressing an olive to get olive oil. 
And so Jesus finds himself in a place of wrestling emotionally. Jesus finds himself in providence of a place that is clearly defined and clearly labeled as a place that is going to press him and to to push him and to try him and to keep him struggling. And, And so we find Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane wrestling emotionally for what is ahead of him. And this is a place that Jesus is feeling pressure. Because Jesus is about to go to the cross. Jesus is about to be brutally beaten. He's about to be betrayed by his closest friends. Jesus is about to to be broken down. He is about to be lied on. He is about to be accused. He's about to be mocked. And he's about to, to find himself on the cross for your sins and my sins. And so we have a very honest discussion with God. Jesus is having a very honest discussion with God right now. And in Luke twenty two forty two, it says, let this cup pass by me. What is he saying? May my flesh not be tortured. Jesus is saying, let this cup pass for me. Let me not have to experience torture. Let me not have to be beaten up. Let me not have to die. Let me not have to be whipped. But at the end of it, he says, not my will, but yours. Not my will, but yours. So what Jesus is saying is that is if what I'm asking doesn't happen, if what I'm asking is for me not to go to the cross, me not to bear the, the weight, the humiliation, the embarrassment. He says, if, if what I'm asking does not help, does not happen, I'm gonna trust you. And in this moment, Jesus is having an intersection. Yet the answer is painful, embarrassing, disappointing, And the answer is that he will go to the cross. He will go to the cross. Yet Jesus in this moment embraced what didn't happen. In this moment, Jesus embraced what did not happen. And you know, this is a powerful place. This is a, a powerful place for us. This is a place where unanswered um, prayers begin to truly define and articulate our relationship with God and our own character and our own trust and provision in God. Because this is a place of vulnerability. This is a place of, of making ourselves question ourselves and, and our own worth because when we pray for something and we're asking God to do something and we are believing for something and it doesn't happen, that is a place of vulnerability within us. That is a place of, of hardship and difficulty. And what do we do? We begin to question ourselves. We begin to question our worth. Are we, are we doing what we're supposed to be? Am I, am I not in right relationship with God? Am I, am I failing short? Have I faltered in my relationship with God? Yet, by example, Jesus did not fail, nor did Jesus falter by praying this prayer. Jesus did not fail, nor did Jesus falter in this prayer. But Jesus was honest in this moment. And he said, I don't want to go through this. I don't want to have to deal with the struggle. 
And you know, when we find ourselves in the place of embracing what didn't happen, we have to find this as a place of beauty. We have to find this as a place of provision. It's a place of grace. It's a place of God's sovereignty being played out in our own life. When we find ourselves in the place of those things that didn't happen, we have to allow ourselves, we have to allow ourselves to let this be the powerful place where we truly encounter God. In the most authentic of places that we've ever been, We've all been there. We've all had those moments where we believed for something so deeply. Maybe we wanted something so deeply. And it didn't happen. Yet what does Jesus say? He says, just trust me in the process. Trust that all things are working together for good. Trust that he, his providence will sustain your life. And you, there becomes a place where we, we truly have to go, thank God, thank God that that job did not happen. Thank God that that relationship didn't work out. Thank God that that move didn't work. Thank God that, that whatever it is in our life didn't happen. It should become a place of gratitude. And the reality is we may never on this side of eternity understand those decisions. On this side of eternity, we may never, we may never understand why things happened and why things didn't happen. But we have to let ourselves settle in that place of vulnerability and let it be a place of beauty. Because the reality is in those places, the things that didn't happen is that we get to have a level of vulnerability with him that we would not have had otherwise. We get to have a level of vulnerability with God that we would not have had previously. And so we can't despise those things that didn't happen. We can't come to a place of, of despising unanswered prayers. And that is, I mean, that's so much easier said than done. There's things that I've prayed for. There's things I've prayed for for years that haven't come to pass. There's things that I've wanted in my life more than I ever thought that I could have ever wanted anything else that didn't come to pass. And it is not an act of punishment. It is not an act of anger of God towards us, but it is purely an act of grace. And I'll be honest with you, these, these moments of what didn't happen has led me to connect with God in such a way that I would have never experienced before. And it has taught me a reliance on him that I would not have had otherwise. It had created a reliance on God to get me through the heartbreak, to get me through grief, to get me through loss, to get me through disappointment, to get me through rejection. It taught me to rely on him more than I would have ever if everything that I've ever prayed for, ever, everything that I've ever wanted was just handed to me by God. Because the reality is, is God is so gracious and God is so good to us that he holds 
everything together. Everything is held together. And through his graciousness and through his goodness, his providence works so that my life may have good in it. So what does Jesus say on the things that didn't happen? Embrace it. Embrace it. Embrace the hardships, embrace the hurt. And as you embrace it, you'll experience a reliance on him that will give you a depth with him that you would have never experienced before. So let's pray. God, we just thank you for these moments tonight. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. And God, I'd be amiss in my life, God, to even... God, to even say, God, that I'm not grateful and thankful for the things that didn't happen in my life. God, I'd be amiss in my life that, that I would not be grateful, Lord, for the jobs that didn't happen, the moves that didn't happen, the relationships that didn't happen. God, and in this moment, God, I, I stand and I recognize that it is because of your grace, it is because of your providence, and it's because of your, your goodness and your care towards me that I even get to stand here in this moment. And God, we just thank you. We thank you for the things that didn't happen, the, the incidents and the accidents and the, the, the casualties that we've narrowly missed. God, we thank you, Lord, for the things that, that, that we thought we wanted that were not good for us, that you, that you in your divine sovereignty were able to prevent from happening. And God, we just thank you for the, the bad things that, that would have happened to us, God, that you've protected and defended us from. And God, that there is no one that is higher than you God, your ways are far above our own. Your ways are exceedingly and abundantly above we can all ask or think. And Lord, we just stand and, and we rely and we embrace that reality of truth within you. And God, I pray that you'd give us the grace, that you'd give us the serenity, that you'd give us the peace to embrace that, to embrace what didn't happen in our life because we know that it has created a reliance on you, that has created a connection and a depth with you that we would have never had otherwise. And so God, keep our hearts from vying and longing for the things that, that are not good for us. God, keep our hearts and our minds from returning to places, Lord, that, that do not honor you and didn't honor you and we're not a part of your plan and your purpose for us. God, even the seemingly good things in life, Lord. God, we thank you for those things that we've narrowly missed. Solely by your grace and your mercy, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen.